Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. A person whose loyalty is divided between following Jesus and following the world is unstable in everything they do, not just in spiritual matters. But in everything, every area of life will become unstable for that person. As long as they are wavering between Jesus and the world and have a divided loyalty, that person will be a Reuben. And they'll have a life characterized by instability, indecisiveness, insecurity, uncertainty, anxiety, and so on. It's tragic that Reuben and his direct descendants had no positive legacy. Surely God had more for Reuben and his kin to be known for than rebellion. You probably know people like this, too. No ambition except to do as little as possible, trying to get away with as much as they can. And those people are missing out on what God has for them. You'll hear in Pastor Dan's teaching today God's warning against this kind of behavior and encouragement to obey God and do your best for God's glory. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 49, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Also, another thing I want to point out about verse 4, Reuben's brothers apparently weren't aware of Reuben's sin and are learning of it for the first time right now. If you read verse 4 carefully, Jacob shifts to speaking in the third person. He was speaking to Reuben about his sin, and then he tells his other sons, he went up to my couch. So maybe the brothers are standing there saying, man, what is, why is dad getting on Reuben's case? Well, he went up to my couch. That's why. And so the brothers are finding out now for the first time about Reuben's sin. Jacob tells them about their brother's sin. Jesus said the time is coming when everything that is covered up will be revealed and all that is secret will be made known to all. Aren't you glad you're in Christ? Because for us in Christ, all of our sins have been covered, taken away. For those that aren't in Christ, all that is secret will be made known to all. Now, the text doesn't tell us Reuben's reaction or the brother's reaction or the expression on their faces when they heard this or how big their eyes got when they heard dad bring this up. Again, here on his deathbed, these final words. But I imagine this really changed the tone in the room. And I want you to see here, and I want you to note that Reuben's sin cost him. It cost him his place 
in the family, and it cost him his privilege as the firstborn son. Sin always comes at a cost. And the price tag on sin is always high. Sin is always overpriced. In the case of Reuben, his sexual sin, his adultery with Bilhah, it was a momentary sin that had long-lasting consequences. And listen, any sin can be forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. There is no sin that is too great for the forgiveness found in Christ. But there still may be consequences to that sin, especially sexual sin. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 32 says, Whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He who does so destroys his own soul. Wounds and dishonor will he get, and his reproach will not be wiped away. The writer of Proverbs says the person who commits adultery lacks understanding. You don't understand the long-lasting impact this sin will have on your life and your family. He says you will destroy yourself with this sin. It will leave wounds and dishonor. And the shame and reproach will never be erased. And Reuben had to live with the consequences of his sexual immorality. Reuben was once the firstborn. The might of his father. The beginning of his father's strength. Excelling in dignity and power. And all of that was lost. For a few minutes of pleasure. All of it. And so he says, Reuben is unstable as water. And shall not excel in the future. Again, Jacob spoke this prophetically about the tribe of Reuben. Instability characterized Reuben's life. And instability characterized his descendants, the tribe of Reuben. And again, we can trace this prophecy's fulfillment. We can trace the instability of the tribe of Reuben in the Old Testament and see its fulfillment. For example, if you're taking notes, you might want to jot these down. In Numbers chapter 16, we find the two most famous members of the tribe of Reuben, most famous in all of the Bible, Dathan and Abiram. And what are they famous for? Participating in a rebellion against the God-ordained leadership of Moses and Aaron. Those are the two most noteworthy members of the family. And they're noted for their rebellion against God's order. Then in Numbers chapter 32, as Israel was about to enter the promised land, they're right there at the border of the promised land, about to go in. Reuben, along with the tribe of Gad and half the tribe of Manasseh, decided we don't want to go into the promised land. We want to just live right here. Just outside the promised land. (laughs) I can see it over there, but we just want to stay here outside of the promised land. Now, they've already gone through the wilderness wanderings for all those years. They've made it through that. They're about to go in. They're about to receive the land flowing with milk and honey and enjoy all the blessings God had for them and the land of Canaan. But at the last moment, Reuben decided they'd rather live outside the land God wanted to give them. Live outside of God's plan. Why? Well, because Reuben is unstable as water. That's what Reubens do. Reuben is unstable as water and shall not excel. That's the prophecy. 
The tribe of Reuben did not produce a single prophet, military leader, judge, or important person in all of the history of Israel. The only thing Reuben is really known for is the sandwich. And that's not even really that good. That's the only reason you know the name Reuben, not because Reuben did anything great. Now, in the New Testament, if you're taking notes, in the New Testament, James chapter 1, verse 8, jot that down. James chapter 1, verse 8 uses similar language to describe someone who is double-minded about following Jesus Christ. James 1.8 says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A person whose loyalty is divided between following Jesus and following the world is unstable in everything they do. Not just in spiritual matters, but in everything. Every area of life will become unstable for that person. As long as they are wavering between Jesus and the world and have a divided loyalty, that person will be a Reuben. And they'll have a life characterized by instability, indecisiveness, insecurity, uncertainty, anxiety, and so on. That's why it's important to make a decision and commit to following Jesus Christ. Don't be double-minded about following Christ. Be all in. A hundred percent. Make Christ preeminent in your life. Seek first the kingdom of God. Jesus said... There is a narrow road that leads to life. And there's a broad road that leads to destruction. There's not a middle road for the double-minded. Reuben Avenue doesn't exist. There are only one of two roads that every person is on. You are either on the narrow road following Jesus, all in, 100%. Or you're on the broad road that leads to destruction. If you're not on the narrow road, that means you're on the broad road. Because there is no middle road. And I encourage you to get on the narrow road. And stay on it. And follow Christ, even especially in the days that we're living in. Don't be double-minded. Make a decision. Be single-minded. You will find it brings peace and stability into every area of your life, not just the spiritual part of your life. When you seek first the kingdom of God, the promise is all these other things will be added to you. It will bring stability in every other area of your life. So that's Reuben. And next, Jacob addresses Simeon and Levi. Look at verse 5. In verse 5, it says, Simeon and Levi are brothers. Well, all of Jacob's sons were brothers. So Jacob must be stating more than the obvious. He's not just saying that they're biological brothers. He means that Simeon and Levi were like-minded or brothers in their actions, And behavior. We might say they're two peas in a pod. Or they go together like fish and grits. If you're from the south, you get that one. Simeon and Levi were partners in crime. Literally. 
In verse 5, Jacob goes on to say that instruments of cruelty are in their dwelling place. Now, he's referring back to chapter 34. Again, if you're taking notes, if you were with us when we went through chapter 34, you remember that Simeon and Levi slaughtered all the men of Shechem to avenge their sister Dinah. Remember, Dinah was raped. And Simeon and Levi convinced all the men of Shechem to circumcise themselves, to enter into marital relationships with the descendants of Jacob, with Israel. And when the men were recovering from their circumcision, Simeon and Levi went in with swords and killed all of the men of the town. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment, but first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. They killed all the men of the town for the crime of one man. And they wiped out the whole town. And Jacob here, he wants nothing to do. Even all these years later, Jacob wants nothing to do with the violence of Simeon and Levi. Look at verse 6. He says, let not my soul enter into their council. Let not my honor be united to their assembly. For in their anger, they slew a man. And in their self-will, it wasn't God's will, it was their self-will. They hamstrung an ox. Jacob says, I don't want to associate with them on any level because of their violence. I don't want to join their meetings. I don't want to attend their assemblies because they're so violent. It's good message for us living in our day, isn't it? And so he says again in verse 6, for in their anger they slew a man and in their self-will they hamstrung an ox. Simeon and Levi, listen, they were ruled by their anger. And in their anger they went far beyond avenging their sister. The Bible speaks of godly anger. Righteous indignation, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, be angry and do not sin. We see occasions in the Gospels where Jesus was angry, but he didn't sin. It wasn't out of control in his anger. Simeon and Levi did not have godly anger. They had uncontrolled rage. And their rage led to their sin. Listen to this verse in Proverbs 25, 28. It says, listen, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. If you can't control yourself, you're like a city without walls. In other words, any little thing can come in and set you off. You have no control over yourself, no defense. No wall. This person is completely controlled by whatever comes in, whatever circumstances comes his way. And we all know people like that. People who just fly into a rage over the smallest thing. 
It's like a city without walls. As believers, this is why we need the Holy Spirit. This is why God gives us the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. And this is why we need to yield to the Holy Spirit daily and walk in the Spirit because the Holy Spirit will produce in us the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5. And the fruit of the Spirit includes self-control. So the Holy Spirit will give us self-control over our anger, over our rage. The Holy Spirit becomes the wall around the city to protect us. Now here's the prophecy about Simeon and Levi's future. Verse 7. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, and their wrath, for it is cruel. Here's the prophecy. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Again, this is going to be fulfilled 500, 600 years later. I will divide them in Jacob. I will scatter them in Israel because of their anger, because of their rage. Simeon and Levi will be scattered throughout Israel. In other words, they're not going to receive territory of their own. If you're taking notes, Joshua chapter 19, verse 1, tells us Simeon's inheritance was within the inheritance of Judah. Within the land of Judah, specifically, 17 cities within Judah's territory were given to Simeon. So Simeon was given 17 cities. No land, but 17 cities. The 17 cities given to Simeon were in the southern part of Judah, And the Negev Desert, where it's very harsh and very difficult to live. And over time, Simeon was just kind of absorbed into the tribe of Judah. So they're scattered throughout Judah. Now the tribe of Levi, with the tribe of Levi, how are they scattered throughout Israel? Well, the tribe of Levi became the priests of Israel. And they served the Lord at the tabernacle. How did that happen? I mean, they killed all the men in Shechem. (laughs) So how do they end up serving the Lord in the tabernacle? They end up serving the Lord because of their faithfulness to God in Exodus 32. They redeem themselves. In Exodus 32, that's the story of the golden calf. Remember, Moses goes up on Mount Sinai to receive the law. And the children of Israel are down below in the camp. Aaron... Moses' brother fashions a golden calf. The people enter into immorality and worshiping this golden calf. It was the tribe of Levi, the Levites, who stood against the immorality and against the worship of the golden calf. It was the tribe of the Levites who took their swords and went through the camp and they put a stop to the immorality. And they put a stop to the idolatry that was in the camp. And they were the only tribe that stood against the immorality and against the idolatry in the camp. They did the same thing, sort of. As they did in Shechem. But this time, their zeal was for a righteous cause. Where before, the zeal they showed against the men of Shechem, well, that was unrighteous. Now they had righteous zeal. And because of that, God set the tribe of Levi apart to serve him, to stand before the Lord and to minister unto the Lord 
at the tabernacle. And so the Levites were scattered throughout the land of Israel, just as this prophecy states, to live in cities known as Levitical cities. And there were 48 Levitical cities all throughout the land of Israel. And the reason God scattered the Levites into these 48 Levitical cities were a couple reasons. Number one, so that no matter where you lived in the land of Israel, there were always Levites nearby. There was always a priest you could go talk to, not that far from where you lived. Just as God has scattered Christians all throughout the world, so that Christians are an influence all throughout the world. They had these Levitical cities so that the Levites would be an influence for the righteousness of God all throughout the nation. Plus, the Levitical cities were the cities of refuge. So that if somebody was trying to kill you, you could flee to a city of refuge. And who's going to protect you? The Levites. The Levites live in the city of refuge. I mean, who else would you want protecting you? Other than the Levites, you could go to the city of refuge and the Levites would stand up for you and protect you. So both Simeon and Levi, they're scattered throughout the land of Israel. Both Simeon and Levi were consumed with misdirected zeal, but Levi redirected his zeal into a godly path. You know, I think of Saul of Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus had misdirected zeal as he was going around to cities and rounding up Christians to put them to death. But once Saul of Tarsus encountered Jesus Christ and Saul of Tarsus was born again, his zeal was redirected into the service of Jesus and for the cause of Christ. And he was able to use his zeal to do great things for Jesus Christ. Saul didn't stop being zealous or passionate after his conversion to Christ. You know, sometimes we, I think for men especially, we, you know, we kind of have this idea that, you know, once we come to Christ, like, now, now we have to be sissies or something, right? We can't be as passionate or zealous as we were before because that's not godly. Well, I would say Saul of Tarsus was a pretty passionate, intense dude. But what he did is he channeled that intensity for the Lord. He didn't stop being intense. He just now uses that intensity for Christ. It's good to have zeal. It's good to have passion. It's good to have intensity. As long as it's not misdirected, we need to focus our zeal on serving Jesus Christ and his purposes. And so we have these prophecies here about Reuben, Simeon, and Levi. We'll look at the prophecies to the other tribes These prophecies about these tribes just prove to us the remarkable accuracy of the Bible and that the Bible is the word of God and that we can trust the Bible and more importantly, we can trust the God of the Bible. And Lord, we thank you for your word today and we thank you for the lessons that we learn about the character of Reuben and Simeon and Levi. Lord, I pray for all of us that we would be all in with you that we wouldn't be double-minded. Lord, we pray that whatever zeal and passion and intensity that we have, Lord, that we would use it for you and for your purposes. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan is continuing to teach through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. If you'd like to hear this message again, or to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Dan, you're welcome to visit our website at calvaryec.com. Once there, you can listen to or download a wide range of previous broadcasts. Otherwise, simply subscribe to our podcast. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you might be. This can be advantageous for those who are on the go much of the time. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life, so please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also really like to know how we can be praying for you. So when you call, don't be afraid to share your prayer requests with us. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. We hope you'll make sure to join us again as Pastor Dan continues teaching in this series through the book of Genesis. We look forward to the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and will I know because I know his voice and it only takes Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525.